because this is for the rasa. This is for the rasa. Rasa, rasa. This is for the rasa. This is Reformed Rasa. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. And gracias for tuning in to episode 41 of Reformed Raza. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and don't forget to hit us up at reformedraza at gmail.com. With any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, hit us up right there. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can uh, leave us a voicemail or on the Anchor app. It's going to be in the description notes. Scroll all the way to the bottom. We want to hear from you. Send us a voicemail and tell us how the Lord has been using these little episodes to glorify himself. Amen. Amen. And also, 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 since everyone is in quarantine and no one's going to church right now, church is online. So if you guys want to tune in to Streetlight Church right here in the city of Westminster, we'll be going live uh, with Pastor Santos and the English and Pastor Benito. You can catch them on the Gangsta Grace uh, series that we did. I forgot which, which episodes they were. But anyways, uh, you can uh, catch them on the Streetlight Church page on Instagram and on Facebook. If you want to tune in Fridays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 12 p.m. to tune in for the word. Amen and amen. Oh, and then also, too, I think you forgot to mention that Victor oh, yeah. is now starting a uh, study as well on Mondays. Yeah, I thought you were going to announce that, but I guess not. Nah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, just uh, just want to say that um, every Monday night at 7 p.m. we're going through the book of John. Uh, today we actually did the introduction, and next week we're going to be going through verses 1 through 5. So if you want to tune in, just tune into my page and we'll be, be, we'll be live. So we far. be live. We, we be live. live Mondays at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so so today we're gonna continue. We took we take breaks here and there, but we continue on this theological theological journey that we've been on. You know, we've had a couple episodes, justification by faith, adoption, sanctification, can you lose your salvation? And I think those are the only ones. Why theology matters. Why theology matters. Uh, we've been on this little theological journey, taking breaks, doing interviews, talking with other people. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to continue, you know what I mean? And today, today we're talking Avengers, man. End game, glorification. That's what we're on. Mm. Yeah. The end game. What is the, the finishing points of all these things that we've been talking about? After being justified, adopted, sanctified preserved in the lord what is what does it look like at the end glorification mm-hmm. i think one of the most important doctrines to know because this is where our comfort comes from this is where our perseverance comes from this is where our joy comes from our hope uh and during the midst of those trials and tribulations, during those times where you're questioning your walk with the lord or you're going through some heavy burdens this is the doctrine to grasp onto, to hold on to how my pastor says it. Hold on to the Lord like a pit bull on a pork chop. <laughs> Do not let it go. Glorification. This is the finality yeah. of the um, the basic pillar of our faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what is glorification? Let's go to the Baker Compact Dictionary of Theological Terms. I like to say that because it makes me sound smart. Wow. <laughs> I almost pictured you with some glasses right I now. Know. <laughs> so glorification, according to this dictionary, which I think gives a good definition, says the, the final mighty act of God in salvation occurring at Christ's return. Glorification is both number one, the re-embodiment of believers who have died and ex- exist without their bodies in heaven. And number two, the instantaneous change in the bodies of believers on earth in the first case their bodies are raised from the dead and transformed the second case their current bodies are immediately transformed 
In both cases, the glorified bodies are imperishable, never to wear out or become sick, glorious, beautiful, perhaps radiant, powerful, not superhuman, but full strength, spiritual, dominated by God's spirit. Mm. And then I also have another definition, too, which... Um, adds to that it says the work of God in believers to bring them to the ultimate and perfect stage of salvation mm-hmm. that's why I say it's end game you know what I mean that's the final point of our walks with the Lord you know what I mean the real end game the real end game it reminds me um, of the Pilgrim's Progress they just came out with a with a new movie it's like a computer animated movie and it talks about the journey of this guy very allegorical. The guy's name is Christian. He runs into a guy named Evangelist and shows him the way, you know what I mean? But at the end of the movie, he makes it, he's, his, his journey is to find the celestial city, the city of God. And when he finally makes it right there, his, his, just that scene. Remember that, Victor? How we were watching that movie? Dude, I, I felt like crying. Dude, when he makes it <laughs> to the city. Tears of joy. When he makes it to the city, dude, it's a oh man. It's like a joy, unexplainable, uh, a resting place. It's a, it's that, it's what the scriptures say. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things I've prepared for you, you know? But, so, what, what, let, let's break it down a little bit then. If we're going to talk about the end game, the glorification part, mm-hmm. why do our bodies need to be glorified then? Why do we need new bodies? Because the scriptures talk about that, you know, this body has to be done away with. And we need to, when we come into the presence of God, we're not going to take these mortal bodies with us. So why do we need new bodies? I, I think the simple answer uh, will then just be that, well, for one, the bodies we have now, they deteriorate. They at a certain point of growing it's like a, a, a switch that just flips in our bodies and then it goes downhill sort of and, and you know that's where the term you know over the hill you know as you get older yeah. or whatever then you know what something just clicks in the body and then now everything just slowly starts deteriorating starts slowly dying um but in these new bodies we won't have that i mean if we're talking eternity with christ eternity in in god's presence we're gonna need a suitable body a suitable um, shell to carry us right in a term for eternity where ours you know the most will go you know 120 years as even in the bible um, god will go on to, to say that he will limit man to go to 120 years um our, then that's how far our bodies go but we would need a more suitable body then to carry over eternity yeah yeah i would say how the word of god says that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of god mm-hmm yeah, our already, bodies are sinful. Flesh is always described in the Bible as, as carnal flesh, as sinful, and so that's what our bodies are. And so, to, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we need new bodies. Yeah, I would even say that sin so has corrupted not only our human, our nature, but our bodies as well. Yeah, sin has affected so our bodies. That's why we get sick in the body. We have back aches. We have headaches it's all a result of sin because of adam the first adam that came fell you know put the whole world into sin but the second adam came which is jesus christ to destroy the works of the, of the devil and redeem a people for himself and he resurrected bodily and ascended in the in the glorified state right so i would say even that that sin so has corrupted the flesh, the physical flesh mm-hmm. that this body that is full of sin has to be done away with and be brought, be put in new bodies yeah. that, are, that are able to withstand the glory of God. And I would just like to go to Exodus. Let's take it back. How back? Way back. So I think right now we're, we're going to go through to see where um, we get the first glimpses in Old Testament, right? Yeah. In Exodus, the, which is one of the first glimpses that we see um, as far as this glorified body that we'll be given. Because glorification is that. It's just the, the process, or I, I guess just the, the name of the stage into which we go from earthly bodies to glorified bodies. Yeah. And um, 
so we go to Moses. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a pretty familiar story. Um, how Moses saw the glory of God, and that he um, his face was shining afterwards. And but what I found interesting is how God did not show him his full glory. He just caught a glimpse of it. The backside of his head. Yeah. I mean, the backside of God. Yeah. And so I believe that if God were to show up into this earth, this earth would automatically just deteriorate or just end right away because the holiness of God, I think that's something that's missing um, within the Christian church, even within myself, to really grasp the holiness of God, really grasp how pure he is how righteous he is that any sin in his presence would automatically just be destroyed because in the presence of that holiness sin um, everything wicked everything um that's that's uh abominable just automatically just would just deteriorate because how big and how glorious god is so I think that played a part in how, why uh, God did not like reveal himself like that to Moses because he, Moses being a sinful man would not be able to withstand it. So let's go to Exodus chapter 33 verse 12 and it says like this. Moses said to the Lord, see you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send me. Send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that you are this so that we are distinct, I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name, Moses said, please show me your glory. That's I think that's a bold request show me your glory and he said i will make my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name the lord and i will be gracious to whom to whom i will be gracious and will show mercy on whom i will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face for man shall not for man shall not see me and live and the lord said behold there is a place by by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by i will put you in the cleft of the rock and i will cover you with my hand until i have passed by then i will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my but my face shall shall not be seen so i think man when you when you like picture this going on in your head like just the part where he says man shall not see me and live I think that right there is, makes it very clear that man in his sinful nature, man in his sin, in his sinful body cannot withstand how I was saying the glory of God because sin cannot be in the presence of God. Sin would automatically just be destroyed. That's why it, it's, it's even an act of of mercy and grace. People, you know, like especially atheists will be like, you know, well, why doesn't God show up? Why can't we see God? Because you would die. That's why. Because you would have no hope. Because you would have no chance. And it is only by God's grace is that we don't see him. Because our sin cannot hang with that. That's why we need new and glorified bodies. We need a body to be able to 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 withstand that glory. We need a body that, that is without sin. That is pure. That is cleansed from all unrighteousness. And that, that's why it is the end game, because that's a final stage in our salvation where finally death, sin, 
will be no more to the point where our our bodies will not be affected by the fall no longer we will no longer be in adam we're finally and fully and eternally be in christ forevermore and that's right there is the hope that we have in jesus christ that that the 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 um what does what does justin peters have uh, cerebral palsy. Cerebral, the people with cerebral palsy are, are people in, in wheelchairs with and cancer. With cancer, uh, the blind, the the deaf. That one day they're gonna open their eyes to the glory of God. One day they're gonna hear the heavenly sound. One day uh, they will walk with Christ. That is the hope that we have because His body has so affected, have been affected by sin, it needs to be done away with once and for all. And that is a hope that we look forward to. Yeah. And I think too, when 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 a when a person picks up the Bible to read, when you start from Genesis, I mean, imagine this. This is in Exodus, right? Towards the mm-hmm. end of Exodus. Um, even just one book later, you see first in Genesis, Adam and Eve were in the garden with God. They didn't have to hide to see God. They were with him yeah. in the garden. Um, even even to the point where God even was walking up and having a conversation between them in, in person with no cloud covering. And then just one book later, you see the difference what sin does. So much so that God had to hide Moses' face and then only to be able to lift it just enough so where he, Moses... Would, would be able to see just the backside because only yeah. only that was un, un, enough that without him dying yeah and even in the next chapter in chapter 34 the result of moses just seeing his backside the, the backside of the lord his face radiated was, was shining and so when he came down from the mountain um the people were afraid of him they're like whoa like that is the the result. A fear came over yeah, the people. Yeah, fear came over the, over the people. If you were to stand in the holiness of God like this, that's why it was a fearful thing for the priest on the Day of Atonement to walk into the holiest of holies, and that's why it was very strict um, ordinances and 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 rules in order to make the sacrifice because you're dealing with the holiness of God, because you're dealing with a holy and righteous God, and we are not. And so it was a fearful thing to walk into the holiest of holies. And it reminds me of Isaiah 6, how he, he saw the Lord, you know, and right away he recognized his sin. A fear came upon him like, oh, my goodness, I'm in the glory of God and I'm a man of unclean lips among a nation full of unclean lips. And that is the, the automatic uh, like result. We recognize how sinful and wicked we really are. When you look at the face of the glory of God, and so that is that is a, I think that is a, a a good hope that we have in Jesus Christ that this body will be done away with, and we we will be resurrected in a new body, a new body that will not get tired, that new body that will have no more pain and no more suffering. You know, like Revelation 21. You know, there will be no more tears and no more pain. And, you know, God himself will be with us. And that is encouraging right there to, especially during these times, you know, that we're facing as a country with this whole virus thing going on. A lot of people are dying and pastors are dying. Also, Christians are dying. And what, what hope do we have that one day that we will wake up in glory with the father and i mean it's a tough one because in order to receive that body one needs to take place we need to die yeah physically you know we we need to die but you know i i'm always reminded of of our pastor pastor santos how how you know when he hears of the death of a believer he kind of you know says dang he beat me to it you know <laughs> it's something we look forward to it's something that that we can actually anticipate and, and say yes i am actually looking forward to because no we're gonna be real you know what i mean no one actually wants to die i think even a christian uh there is that 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 
that fear in the sense of death you know how 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 one dies you know yeah i was gonna say that i don't think it's so much the fear of death so much of the the fear of how it's gonna happen yeah or how the the transition you know that transition of doing it yeah but there's always a piece about it you know what i mean but yeah man uh, what I, I, uh, yeah so just continuing in that um, I do want to read from Second Thessalonians 1 uh, I'm starting in verse 9 so Second Thessalonians 1 9 and it says they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who believed because our testimony to you was believed to this end we will we always pray for you that our god may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our lord jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our god and the lord jesus christ um so here we see how or we read i'm sorry how Paul will, will go to address that uh, that our bodies will be glorified in him as he is or as Christ is glorified in us we may be glorified in him on that day and ba- and and so and so as we're talking about the glorified body and and you know as we're describing how it will be you know there our, our bodies will because in heaven we will we will have a type of work but it's going to be the type of work that Adam was to be doing without the, the sweat of his brow toiling yeah. in that sense, because he was given work before the curse that was, that was, that was, um, that God unspoke over him. But, but in this new glorified body, we will be like that, like Christ. And, and, I, and that's something that we need to, to remind ourselves of. Yes. You know, we're, we're going to be in heaven with God, we're going to be with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. All three there, we'll be able to see that. That at the same time, our bodies will be like that of Christ. And so as we start to talk more of our glorified bodies, we then start to look more at Jesus Christ when he resurrected. And, you know, it's beautiful that, you know, we're doing this episode and we're releasing this following um, the resurrection, the Sunday. resurrection Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, I just think that's just through God's providence that this happened this way. Um, but anyways, just, you know, just moving forward, um, because even then in, um, yeah, so, so as Christ is glorified, we too will be glorified with him. And, and then one of the things it says here is that he gives us worth. Now that may contradict what a lot of, uh, pastors today in mega churches will say that, you know, heaven went bankrupt to get you, to grab you. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Heaven went bankrupt to have you. You were worth it. No, he gave us our worth. And, and and by that, I mean, we could look back to our justification episode. You know, when, 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 when Christ died on the cross, his atonement, his, his uh, propitiation for our sins, when that transaction was made, that's when worth was inherited to us. That's when we were given the worth because the worth came from Christ because Christ was worthy and his blood um, covers us. And as God looks to us and sees the righteousness of Christ, that's when he also sees that we or that's when we're able to understand that our worth comes from Christ, not from anything of ourselves. And so that's another thing that's mentioned here, that even in our glorified bodies, we will now have this intrinsic worth. And we will be esteemed high. And and another thing too is that um, in our glorified bodies, we would acknowledge glory recognized as glorious. So basically saying that like in our new bodies, we will be able to acknowledge the glory and recognize from which the glory is from. Because these glorified bodies are ours or our making. They're from God. And and so that's why our glorified bodies will only then continue to point to Christ even in eternity. And so that's why I think it's beautiful that like, because it all starts with God and, it'll, and, and as the end game, as we're talking about, 
it'll end as a continual pointing towards God. I think for uh, us as believers, it's something that we have to put in our mindset. We have to put it in us that that's like how we keep on saying that that's going to be the end game. Mm -hmm. Because, man, I just want to reflect on what both of you guys are saying, because, well, of course, we suffer in this world. Us as Christians, we suffer. But for us, it's something to look forward that, man, just how you describe that, the Pilgrim's Progress, looking forward there's going to be trials. There's going to be people mocking you. There's going to be uh, a temptation. There's going to be all kinds of things that are distracting you. But but you, you get ready to to that to that that glorification state. First uh, John chapter two verse twenty eight says, "And now, little children, abide in Him, continue in Him, uh, remain in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink, not shrink from from in shame." At his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And chapter three, man, see what kind of love that the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children, and now, now, and what and what we will be. Has not yet has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we, should, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope purifies himself as he is pure. And so this is the thing that we got we got to look forward to, because we know that we're we're adopted we're adopted we're into God's household. We we're children of God, and we know that the fruit of that we're children of God is we keep doing what is right in his eyes in his eyes where we we continue practicing righteousness and we have this hope that purifies us that we are sanctified so that to the point when he appears we have nothing to be ashamed of in, in a way it's saying finally not this this uh, this this road that we were walking on now we get, we get to the finish line and then Jesus just says um, welcome my good and faithful servant I think that's something that, that all of us as believers should be looking forward to, and that's going to help us to not be idle, to not mess around with sin, that one day there will be glorification. We shall see him as he is because we will be like him. That should give us the hope to continue moving forward, to not to not worry about, you know, the any mockings or any sufferings. Yes, we suffer, but that should drive us to, to to, to want more of God, to want more of Christ, that one day it's not going to be like this. I won't have to suffer with these things. I will be glorified with Christ. I think that's, that's something that we should put in our mindset and in our hearts that this is going to happen. And when that happens, I don't want to be ashamed that it's coming, but I want to be, I want to know that he accepts, accepts me. Of course, we're going to fall short. But that's why we continue in Christ. We abide in him. We remain in him until that day comes. And I think that's what, what Paul meant when he said that the, the sufferings of the world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Like even in the book of First Thessalonians, he, he constantly is encouraging the persecuted church that one day, you're going to be with the Father. He can, He encourages them to persevere, to endure, because uh, he's seen the fruit of, of, of their salvation. And he says, what is my crown and my joy? Is it not to see with you, to see, to see you with the Father, to see you with our Lord Jesus Christ, to see you in heaven in eternity? Like that's that's the goal that he had is to see them in glory. And that that's that's. That's that's what we all look forward to, even right here in First Peter chapter one, um, uh, verse three through nine. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading." kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found 
to result in praises and praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And right there, you know what I mean? He says, for a short time, you're gonna, you've been experiencing various trials, but the outcome of your faith is salvation of your souls. You know, and, and I just love it how he says, you know, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. I mean, that's that's really what this this uh, uh, doctrine really fills you up with is joy, because the Bible doesn't really like give us a full picture of how it's going to be. I think and I think the Lord made it like that um, on purpose so that we we can have that living hope so that we can look forward to it and 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 put our trust fully on, on Jesus Christ that that just to ponder and to think about that day when we get to be in glory with the father like that that right there man like that that would make you right there fall on your knees and pray and endure and persevere through whatever situation you might be going through knowing that one day looking forward to that one day we're just passing through we're just sojourners but one day we're going to receive that that heavenly inheritance and have the gates open and see the you know this beautiful um, city and that we have admission through Jesus Christ into that city and that's just a beautiful thought right there you know what I mean yeah it, it's almost like God has given us a trailer but not the full movie yeah when it comes to the um, to to things of heaven and things that come after um, but then yeah and, 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 and just even continuing that too that actually here let me open up the scripture again to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 35 and here in this portion Paul is is going on to talk about the resurrected body um, but yeah so let me go ahead and read first so in 1 Corinthians 15 35 it says but someone will ask how are the deaf raised I mean how are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come you foolish person what you sow does not come to life unless it dies and what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds and, other, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly one is one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for star differs from star in glory so is it with the resurrection of the dead what is sown is perishable what is raised is imperishable it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown in that natural body it is raised a spiritual body if there is a natural body there is also a spiritual body thus it is written the first man adam became a living being the last adam became a life-giving spirit but it is not the spiritual that is first but the natural and then the spiritual the first man was from the earth man of the dust the second was from heaven as was the man of dust so also all are those who are of the dust and as the man of heaven so also are the ones are those who are of heaven just as we have been born of the image of man of dust we shall also bear the image of man of heaven um just just continuing in in this glorification um just as you said that's something that we look forward to that's the end game for us we look forward and we you know this is something that we can't stress enough um i mean what what is really the purpose of us continuing and reading our bible what is really the purpose of us having our hope set into eternity if if we're not um also longing for these new bodies as well not in a sense that we're working towards it because we'll never work towards that 
but just as as just an, an, an anticipation for it in a sense that we would be like Christ. I mean, you could think of like the most uh, most humblest person here on earth, the most humblest, you know, gracious man or, or woman, whomever it may be here. You know, you may think of them like, man, like there's no one that compares. But then when we step into eternity in our glorified bodies, we can look back and say, no, nothing compares to this. What I thought then, this is so much greater. And then even then, you know, we could go back to the Gospels. Um, for those of you that, you know, I don't know if any of you guys take notes or or anything, or even just look up these scriptures as we, as, as we read them, you know, in Matthew and chapter 17, in the beginning of 17, and then in Mark chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, and then in Luke chapter 9, 28 to 36, um, is the time during um, when Jesus leads the three disciples, Peter, John, and James, to the hill of transfiguration. Mm. And there, the, the three disciples get a glimpse of what the glorified body would look like and how it would be, you know, as soon as they... And, 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 and it was so much so that, that there had to be a cloud covering because of the 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 brightness the the radiance that came from the glorified body that they said as soon as they got up there that jesus became radiant that that he started to shine that that it was it was it was it was like white that 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 was you know whiter than the snow and then even then you know uh i believe it was Elijah and Moses mm-hmm. that were there also, and then and Peter's and then, reaction, and Peter, of course, you know, so so <laughs> anxious and and so he got nervous, you know, just you know, I forgot what you call it. He was just just stumbling over himself, you know. It is good for us to be here, <laughs> and then they're going on to say, well, "Shall we make three tents for them?" <laughs> and then, of course, then then they hear then then God comes and in His own um, his voice cloud, his his, his voice. bright cloud that comes, and even God then even on the hill of transfiguration. He had to come in a cloud and the cloud was bright, very bright, and that it overshadowed them. And as soon as he spoke, they cowered and fell to their faces out of fear. And that was just a, even a glimpse also. That wasn't even like the full They didn't even glory. see God. It was just a cloud radiating yeah. brightly. And that was enough to get them on their face. And so one of the things I did want to bring up right here is, is this, that glor- with glorification for those that are in sin brings fear. For those that are in, in, in a sinful body, it brings fear because the glory of God will always bring fear to those that are still in a fleshly body. Why? We see that in the beginning of John, John chapter one. We see that the light as it came, darkness couldn't understand it. It wasn't able to comprehend it. And in fact, if I remember correctly, on I'm gonna go over there real quick, John chapter one. So the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son of the father full of grace and truth and so that and so that's another reason why there's fear because there's grace and truth that is radiating within this this glorified body this this son of man son of the father full of grace and truth and and so and so why that's important because then it goes on to to point out his holiness because we can't separate glorified or 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 god's glory with without um, mentioning his holiness and so that's one other thing too is that because because in the glorified body there's that that holiness there sin within our sinful bodies there is fear that comes because of fear of being destroyed you know just just as we mentioned earlier how if if god were to be here all of that would be in any proximity to god would be destroyed and so that's why there has to be that covering even you know moses 
I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but like when Moses came down and his face was shining brightly yeah. because he saw that just the backside of God, he had to veil his face. Yeah. He had to make a covering over his face so that the people wouldn't be in fear. Mm-hmm. Because just just the, the radiance that went onto his face alone was enough to bring fear to the people that he had to cover it so that people wouldn't be in fear. I mean, man, that, that, that just continues to go on just... Just man, how how magnificent these new bodies will be when when we are in eternity with Christ. And even that is the word that Peter used when he wrote about the transfiguration in his second epistle. He says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Look and look how he how he describes it like that event. He says, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain, and we have the more the prophetic word more fu- fully confirmed to which you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So he says that he's talking about the transfiguration, which you were talking about in Matthew 17. Mm-hmm. How he says he, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, majestic glory. And how he even said, in the prior verse, how we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And that's, that's, I think, like, we can't even begin to comprehend how majestic this is going going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of majesty, you think of, like, royalty. You think of honor, of, of you know, high lifted up things. But to know how he even wrote even before this portion at the beginning... Of the chapter, he says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Called us to his own glory and excellence. That's something profound because who are we? You know what I mean? Like, at least for me, I'll speak for myself right now. You yeah, know speak what I mean? for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, am a, I am the chief of sinners. You know what I mean? That that's that's me right there. You know, like I am not worthy within myself, but to know that God calls me into His glory and excellence, like that's something deeply profound. And He keeps writing, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Mm. You may become partakers of the divine nature. You're going to be like Christ. Now, if you read this portion and you think you're going to be a God and have your own planet one day, I'm going to have to question your salvation, bro. I don't know why you're clapping. Well, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Nobody's clapping. I don't think clapping. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's where uh, context comes, comes real yeah. big, especially in these things. Um, you know, because then you could go really go off on this and talk about, you know, being little gods or yeah. being God. We will be made a God, but no, we'll, we'll have a divine nature. Yeah. Not so, being that we will be exactly. divine. Exactly. Have, yeah. Because what, what nature do we have from Adam? The sinful nature, the mm. flesh. That's what the whole spiritual warfare is about, you know, fighting the flesh and, you know, Galatians, you know what I mean? You know. Fighting those things, those evil desires that that, that still dwell within us, and uh, we're gonna. What this means is that we're gonna be partakers of the divine nature, meaning we're gonna have those celestial bodies that we will not be dealing with sin anymore. And I, I can't even. I mean, I don't even know what that's like. You know what I mean? That's why we as believers should look forward to it because all we, all we do is is know and recognize our sin. You know, because that's all we know. That's all sin. we know. Sin. You know what I mean? Why? Why do we not read our Bibles as we should? Why do we not pray as we ought? Why? Why do we not? Why do we give in to to our lusts and temptations because of our sinful nature? Now, now take that 
and picture a body that is done with sin. That is that sin is wiped out. That sin no longer has an effect on your body. What would that be like? Yo no sé. <laughs> I don't know, man, because I don't know it's sin. But that exactly that's why we look forward to it because once and for all, Jesus Christ will be done with death, sin. He has conquered the grave. He snatched the keys, you know, from the devil, and we are now partakers of the divine nature. That's what that means. And continuing says, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Straight out, you know, because of our sinful desire, we need to escape this corruption that has co so corrupted our bodies in this world that we need an escape. We need an exodus out of this world, out of this body. And we need to with that. That's basically what the whole picture of Moses, you know, guiding the people out of Egypt and into the, the promised land. Moses being a type of Christ, getting his people out of the bondage of sin, leading them out into the wilderness. And that's our journey through the world. And then finally coming to that promised land, the land filled with milk and honey. That's that's what's happening right here. We're getting, you know, but on the contrary because the Israelites they didn't make it right no because of their sin because of their unbelief they didn't make it but Christ made it for us so that we as the people of God we as the called as the elect as God's people will make it because our Savior paved the way and we will make it to that promised land this time I think something that um, we sometimes not grasp of course, we mentioned, but we don't grasp is that with glorification comes unification. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about um, you and the Lord. I'm talking about the church and the Lord. Mm, mm, I'm talking mm, mm. about unification between the believers being with the Lord. Because right now, man, I don't even know how many denominations there are right now. And then, you know, due to, to some things, you know, People believe this, people believe that. Of course, we all believe Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, died for our sins, resurrected. We believe, we trust. But then there's some some things where the church is not unified fully. And so even with our sufferings, I mean, because I've been meditating what you guys are saying in you know, 1 Thessalonians 4. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the word of God, God says to... To not be like the world. It starts off with death. Don't be like the world who has no hope. Yeah. Who, 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 you know, the people who have fallen asleep, they're going to resurrect. They're going to rise up. And then those who are left are going to meet the Lord in the air. That's what I'm talking about, unification. That even those saints from the past, man, we're going to be right there with R.C. Sproul. We're going to be right there mm. with, uh, with uh, Calvin. We're going to be right there with... Uh, with even the, uh, the apostles, we're gonna, the we're prophets, talk, the prophets, everything. Yeah, it's all gonna be a unified church because that's what the purpose was. That there would be one. Jesus' prayer. My prayer is that they would be one as we are one. And then that day, that's gonna happen. We're gonna be one. There's gonna be no quote uh, doctrine that divides unquote. You know what I mean? There's there's gonna be nothing like that. We're all gonna be one. Those who are true believers of Jesus Christ. The word of God says that those who have fallen asleep in him will be united once again. So, I mean, think about that. Glorification, that's what I'm talking about, the unification, that those even the saints from the old. So, if you know someone personally who has died in the Lord, imagine that reuniting with them. Mm -hmm. Not only are you reuniting with, with them, uniting with a bunch of believers, not only that, Meeting the Lord in the air, and the Word of God says, "Thus we shall be with the Lord forever." Mm -mm -mm. That's why the Word of God says, "Encourage each other with these words, that one day this is gonna happen." It's gonna happen. It's, it's gonna happen. <laughs> That's on the real. Yeah. I mean, of course we can't grasp it. But I think that's something that we that we miss. With glorification comes unification mm -hmm. of what Jesus' prayer was. Yeah, that's good. And I think to, to really just conclude 
um, these four pillars that we've been really just going in depth as much as we can about, you know, whether from starting from justification to adoption, sanctification, and then this final glorification uh, in Romans 8, 29, it goes on to say, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and those whom he predestined he also called and those whom he called he also justified and those whom he justified he also glorified Mm-mm-mm. and so this is just being the finality to to those four pillars there you know there i mean and, and of course there are many other doctrines out there there's other doctrines that fall in between these there's other doctrines that may continue and branch from these four pillars but these are the main four pillars and the final the finality the end game of that is glorification and you know just as as victor was saying just right now you know that that's something that you know as much as we can read you scripture and and and, and share you know our own opinions or our own takings of what it's going to be like at the end of the day we we only know so much we only have just a just a glimpse of what it is i mean the only the only time that we'll be able to know in fullness is when we are there and i mean and 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 i think even then we'll be amazed more so than even just trying to comprehend now yeah i think that's why it's called a a living hope because it's it's something that we actively pursue and it's something that we look forward to and that hope that is within us is active and alive mm-hmm. we continue why do um believers who have been in the lord you know 40 50 years you know coming close to to that age of you know where they're gonna have to pass away why do you, why do they have joy still why why you know when at that age a lot of elderly people you know are you know kind of bitter and stuff like that why are believers you know elderly believers why do they still have that joy you know have you noticed that that people who have been in the lord you know for that amount of time are like the most joyful the most you know uh people that they look forward to that resurrection getting ready to crack (laughs) i know and that's that's trippy you know what i mean because they're they're kind of towards it at the end of their life but yet they they have more joy because they're getting closer to that day of glory and right now, I can't comprehend it. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'm going to die tomorrow, this week, next week, five years, 10 years from now, or I'll, I'll live to see, you know, 80, 85 years old. You know what I mean? I don't know how long I'm going to live. But to have that living hope throughout your whole life, anticipating this coming, you know, the coming of the Lord, or it, it's like Paul Washer has said, you know, it doesn't really matter either. He's coming back or you're going there. It really makes no difference. You're going to see him. And that's the hope and the joy that we have that fills us up every day, that keeps us going every day. That Why, why do we do things unto the glory of God? Why, why do we work, you know, for the glory of God? Why do we take, uh, why do we love our children to the glory of God? Why do we drink water to the glory of God? Because that's what we're anticipating is the glory of God. And to be with him and to finally be able to to thank and hug our savior. Imagine that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, dude. Crazy that, to think about. I mean, th- this is something that should, you know, uh, pump up the believer, you know, and and also as as a motivation to to do evangelism. But not only evangelism, but to live holy lives. Mm-hmm. Because we don't wanna be caught off guard. We don't wanna you know, uh, be so caught up into this world when this world is just vain and it's and it's passing by and it has no satisfaction in us. It can't satisfy us. You can watch all the shows on Netflix during this time and you still feel empty. You can sleep all day long and you still be tired. But true rest and true joy and true satisfaction comes in Jesus Christ on that day of redemption. A final redemption, mm-hmm. and we look forward to that. You know, so I mean, we I, we may have been repeating ourselves throughout this whole episode, but whatever. You know, what I mean that. I, I, what I want you to 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 leave off with this episode is to have more hope 
in the glory of Jesus Christ. That's something to look forward to. You know, that's something that you can anticipate and should motivate you to stay in your word, to keep walking in the Lord, to endure that trial, to endure whatever suffering you're going through, to endure this time of coronavirus and quarantine. You know what I mean? Now, one day, ain't no virus will be able to touch this body right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> say that again. <laughs> I forgot what I said. <laughs> say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I see which button you're trying to put. Yeah, bro. Friends, just say it. <laughs> now one day, coronavirus won't be able to touch this body right here. <laughs> you guys couldn't see, but he did like a little body movement too. Like one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Whoa. <laughs> And that's dope right there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I just want to leave off with this last scripture in the Psalms. You know, it's always good to be comforted by the Psalm. Um, in Psalm 73, 24, it says, You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Really, that, that's really just the, the rhetorical question we have to remind ourselves of. Who do we have in heaven but you, God? And then to be like you. And then now bringing it back to the beginning. While we were yet dead in our trans- trespasses, Man. Yeah, John Piper, he did a sermon on that and that scripture. And he said, it's also a sermon jam too on one of Shailen's albums. He says, if you were to receive, you know, all the financial blessings and have your body restored and have all access to all kinds of gifts in eternity, would that be enough if Christ were not there? Like who, and then he quotes from that song, who else do I have in heaven but you, Lord? You know, it's cool to think about, you know, the new heavens. Streets of gold. Yeah, streets of gold, new heavens, new earth, a mansion in the sky, and, you know, streets, you know, or the water clear as crystals, and, you know, all the, has, how has the walls, how it's described with, you know, all kinds of fine jewels and, and all the, all these things. But if Christ is not there, then what hope do we really have? One of the most things... Well, the one thing I get truly excited about is to see Jesus Christ, to see him face to face, to see the author and the finisher of my faith. I think that right there is is sufficient right there to see the Lord high and lifted up in glory and be able to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like Thomas, my Lord, my God. Yeah, my Lord and my God. So, <laughs> yeah. Any uh, any last uh, comments? Uh, my last comment would be uh, uh, to encourage anybody out there listening. I would say one word: abide. Continue, remain in God. Because of course, we look forward to this time of glorification. We look forward to the coming of Christ. We look forward to seeing Christ. But until then, it's war, it's battle. So continue in the things of God, no matter how how hard things get. You know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your sufferings for Christ. It's the word of God says that as the sufferings of Christ flow into our lives, so his comfort overflows into our lives as well. But I, I would just say abide look forward to that day even when things got tough even when the um even G- jesus man he was straight out but he, he said some things some of the disciples left he turned to his 12 disciples and says what you don't want to leave too in other in other words you know things are going to get hard and he told his disciples are you want to go with them their response was where else are we going to go you have the words of eternal life what, what else can I do? What, what, where can I go? What else will satisfy what me? What else will satisfy me? What, 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 where, where? It's only you. So I would say abide. Look forward to that day. 
You get offended, you suffer, continue. Things happen, continue and abide in Christ. Amen. Well, I just want to shut down a, a, a common saying that people may have heard at one time where uh, someone may say, you're too, well, how does it even go? I don't even know how, I can't even think of it right now. Which one? But basically, you can't be too heavenly minded to be of no oh, earthly yeah. good. Mm-hmm. You are able to be heavenly minded, minded, and still being of earthly good. Because really, when we are heavenly minded, that's what gives us the hope to continue to be earthly good here. Because our hope is set on things above. Our hope is set on the eternal things, on Christ, on God, his finished work. That's where all of our assurance goes and is placed in, our trust is placed in. That is how we are able to be earthly good here. Is when we continue to meditate on these things, remind ourselves of these things, continue to remind ourselves in the scriptures, reading. And you know, just getting ready for this episode, it it only just encouraged me all the more with these, with just these past two days of um, just really diving into the scripture. I mean, especially now with all the time that we have during quarantine, being able to read more, going into the scriptures more. Um, I, th- I think now more than ever, I've been using my references a lot more so in my Bible than I have ever. And it's really just, man, it, it really does help so much. You know, I, I, I give props to the men and women who have trekked through the Bible before verse numbers, before, uh, you know, references, before study Bibles, before any of that. I mean, they really put in the work. Mm-hmm. And then for us here, we have, you know, numbers, verses, you know, pages, page numbers that we could go back and forth and and and, and just study notes on the sides and, and other books that we could read alongside with our Bibles to really just be able to comprehend these things but man the preachers of old the 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 puritans the 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 wise men through the years who have helped carry the 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 word of god through in in a in a progressive way to where we're able to read it today and understand it today with certain terms but then just thinking about that just man, man the work they put in to read and then and then just thinking back to the work that sometimes we put in for some of these episodes to just read on certain topics and and go through some of these things to be able to answer certain questions it's just man it just gives me all the more pumped up and encouraged to continue you know doing this podcast and even then just even just on my own wanting to read more and learn more about these things because i mean man a glorified body who wouldn't want that yeah so i encourage you i urge you as the listener to continue to be in your word, to read these things, these scriptures that we read out, look them for yourself. Look into the Bible for yourself. And even then, you continue to read on your own. Yeah. I would just like to leave off with a set of questions, you know. Uh, do you desire uh, the resurrection? Uh, do you anticipate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? Do you wait or long for the day to see him in glory does the thought of Jesus returning in judgment and wrath for the unbeliever does that concern you if it does I would strong, strongly urge you and encourage you just how Victor and Justin did to abide and to persevere in the word because of just hearing these kind of things, um, if it doesn't fill your heart with joy or a gladness or uh, s- some sort of hope or longing to be with Jesus Christ, then um, I'm going to have to question your salvation, bro. Because I think the one thing that can unite every Christian in this world is this very doctrine right here of glorification that one day he will return in glory. One day I will be with him in glory. And I look forward to that. And we will share it in the glory. And we will share in the glory with each other. 
Yeah. And so if you're questioning, maybe you're, maybe you're questioning your own salvation. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe you don't know if you're gonna make it. I would strongly urge you before you go to bed tonight to make sure that you will be a partaker in the divine nature. Repent, call unto the Lord, and you shall be saved. This is Reformed Rasa. Gracias wow. for tuning in. <laughs> Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, hit us up at reformrasa at gmail.com with all your inquiries. And don't forget to leave us a voicemail on Apple and on Anchor. We would love to hear from you. And gracias to all the supporters, to all the Rasa out there that have been listening, been faithful. This is the end of episode 41, I believe. Yeah. Right? I episode keep, 41. I don't even keep track of the episodes, dude. Hey, you know what? We just, I just thank God that we have been this far. Yeah, man. So, hey, gracias for all the listeners, man. That's on the real because, I mean, to know that there's people listening and being encouraged and edified, you know, shout out to all the listeners, bro. That's on the real. Hey. If, right if you were encouraged by this episode and you have listened to this very end right now, um, you know, I try to hold back on my Avengers jokes. You know, talking about Endgame and Ultimate this and Marveled and all lay, that. Lay one down, bro. Lay one oh down. Oh, my gosh. Handle, handle. No, no, no. I was going to say, <laughs> if you have listened to this thus far, and we will know if you listen, because I'm going to challenge you to comment on, on our Instagram or on our Facebook, your favorite Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Mine will be Captain America. Hands down. Hands down. No, bro. That's mine. Captain America. You look like Captain America, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I had surgery. No, <laughs> no hey, that, hey, that that one on the first Avengers movie when he was like, "There's only one God, ma'am," and I'm pretty sure. Dude, I was gonna like reference that, that earlier I'm too. Like, yeah, boy, that's my dude right there. <laughs> no, I was, I was I was gonna reference the first Captain America movie because I don't know if you remember when he was given the serum, the doctor or the, the scientist or whatever. I don't know the prof- I don't know what his, what his title was, but as he was talking to him the night before, he um, was given his new body. He was saying that, you know, when those who are given the serum, the those that are good will become great. And those that that are um, like the bullies, they'll become um, I forgot what he uh, said, but it referencing to to red to the red skull. But like how that's like an image. Those uh, who are in Christ will be like Christ. Uh, and then those who are not found in Christ will only been will only have God's hand taken away and they'll be revealed to what they really are. <laughs> so you got theological with the Avengers, huh? <laughs> I'm saying Captain America, man. <laughs> Captain America. I'm pretty sure he's a Christian. But anyways. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> this is Reformed Raza. Rato Vatos. Bye. <laughs>